time now for the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. To phone in, call 237-3767, 1-888-458-6926, or you can text short code to 35270. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen in the studio, Brad Anderson in the studio, and on the road is Jack Michaels after a tough loss last night for the FM Red Hawks. How are you doing, Jack? Well, good afternoon, uh, fellas. Yeah, doing fantastic. Another uh, warm weather day here in the greater Sioux City, Iowa area. Yep, we had an old classic pitchers duel last night. Phenomenal uh, performances by Navaldo Rodriguez for Sioux City and and the big sycamore looked good too, guys. But yep, Red Hawks fell short. Was tight throughout. Had two opportunities. Only four base runners last night uh, for the Hawks. And all of a sudden, that lead is now just a game and a half in the, in the West. Boy, Kansas City has just kind of rolled the roller coaster there. There was a point you thought maybe Winnipeg might catch them, but they've beat the uh, Gold Eyes for the most part head to head again last night. And yeah, that uh, that series this weekend uh, going to be uh, going to be large. Like I said, it, it'll it'll determine. Who gets to send the other team where? Who gets to go? Who gets to go to Winnipeg? Right now, can you guys go over this again? Because yep. the more you guys talk about, it, the more confused I get. But I'm guessing okay. it's confusing for you so, guys too. All right. So, as the voice of the Red Hawks, and having uh, done this since 1996, I've, I've, uh, Derek, as you know, you're there at the beginning. You remember the 84 game schedule back in the day? Remember you had two yep. halves, right? You know, the first half and the second half, and and all of that, and. So that was in the Northern League, you know. Now the American Association, you know, tried to, you know, how do you spark things? How do you, you know, re-energize and ignite, uh, you know, the passion? So, you know, last year was a case where where you had three teams, you know, and two played three, and then uh, the winner of that played one, and then the winner of that won the division, and then you played the other division. It was kind of cool uh, because there was that fight, and and of course we all remember the Red Hawks, you know, legendary Grand Slam by John Silviano pushed past Chicago. They get in. So on and so forth. So this year, uh, having a, you know, twelve-team lead, six teams in each uh, league: the East and the West. So no longer the North and the South, the East and the West. And the Red Hawks reside out of the West. So what they decided was that four teams are going to make it. Four teams are going to make it uh, in the postseason. And the caveat being that the team that wins the division, how do we reward? What's going to be the reward for that? They thought, well, the team that wins the division can choose who they play in the first round. Now there are. Three rounds in the postseason of the American Association. The first two are best of three uh, playoffs. So, I mean, the first, you know, best of three. The kicker on all of this is that, uh, yes, the winner gets to choose which one of the other three they play first in a best of three. The two high seeds, numbers one and two, that finish one and two, and right now it'd be Fargamore to Kansas City, their first game in that best of three is on the road and then the remaining two if necessary would be at home and and that's that's the way they did it this year and and it's intriguing the fact that that you've got tight races going on and you've got races for fourth place that final spot in the uh, in the playoffs so right now sioux city is trying to fend off lincoln and they're separated by three games and in the east division cleveland has now stretched out a pretty nice five game lead over over Gary South Shore, so it looks like it looks like the East will have Chicago, Milwaukee, Kane County, and Cleburne. The West, you know, Fargo-Moorhead, 
Kansas City, Winnipeg, and right now it certainly looks like Sioux City. But that's the way that the playoff structure is. Where it gets really hairy is that after seeing what I saw last night for Sioux City, because if the Red Hawks won, can almost, I'm not going to guarantee anything today, but you can almost assume they're probably not going to go to Winnipeg because for the fact that the Red Hawks have a couple players, three, by the way, on the roster that, you know, whether it be visa issues or whatever, uh, either have uh, issues going into Canada or coming back to the States. So the Red Hawks would be up without three players and three pretty good ones, I might add. So it's not like the Red Hawks would choose Winnipeg if they won. Well, that would mean that if the Red Hawks won, yeah, most likely they might take Sioux City. But the problem with that, Brad and, and Derek, is, is that last night, Devaldo Rodriguez, former Houston Astro big leaguer, AAA guy with the Tigers, is about as good as the Red Hawks have seen as I go back to four base runners. So that's the way the structure is set up. But it's like, pick your poison. Do I take strychnine? Do I take a sip of you know this? Do I do I drink a gallon of sulfuric acid? You know, it's like pick. Uh, maybe that's egregious, but yeah, it's like pick your poison. Who are you going to play? So, bottom line is the Red Hawks are trying to win the division, and as Brad just mentioned, Kansas City's got their foot on the gas. They've won seven straight. They're not looking to just get in. Uh, they are looking to win the division, and, and it all comes down to those four games. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday in Kansas City. It's absolutely nuts. But you know what? I love every second of it. Yeah, well, like I say, it's pennant race, and you get to September baseball, and just you know, I always thought a five-game series was scary, but a three-game series where you know, like I said, you face a team, and both Lincoln and Sioux City have you know solid pitching, and uh, we saw last night, you know, they they stifled a pretty good Red Hawks lineup, but yeah, the short series just a completely different animal. I don't recall a season, and I'd have to kind of go back and do a little research, Derek. But you and I have been Twins fans a long time, and Jack, you followed the Twins a long time. I don't recall a season like this where they where they've gone through ups and downs and highs and lows, but they've had seasons like that where they they haven't been in the pennant race. But to have this, you kind of think they're dead and in the water last week, and here they come back. They went five in a row. The offense has come to life. Guys like Jake Cave and Nick Gordon are starting to carry the offense a little bit, and all of a sudden they're right back in the thick of things. A game and a half out, and still very much in play in the division and kind of on the outside looking in on the wild card too. But I'm trying to recall a season, at least in recent memory. Well, it's it's very unique. I mean, it does remind me a little bit, other than the fact that they were ahead going into it. Of, of I mentioned this yesterday with Dick Bramer, Jack. It just September of. 2019 where they're battling with Cleveland again and they had all those games with Cleveland and you know Miguel Sano on that Saturday night hit that big grand, grand slam, slam that kind of catapulted them into first then, place then the week before Garver hit a three-run home yeah and I was at that game yeah, on that Saturday night yeah. and, and that was a crazy game and that place was as electric as I've ever seen but yeah if they can they're, they're scratching and clawing boy a week ago Jack I think you would agree it looked like we were saying oh hope they finish above 500 because they were really hurting, but you know we'll find out a lot more when we get to the Yankees starting on Labor Day too. I used to joke with Guardsy a lot. It's it's because we always talked about who you play. It's about who you play, how you play. It's who you. It's really I keep saying it is. It's not just who you play, but it's how they're playing and how you're playing when you play. I mean that's the bottom line here. And <laughs> just rolled this out and and we asked. I asked Corey Provis last Friday on our baseball this week. We were chatting about. It, because as Derek has just said, they were it was just miserable. I mean, life was like it was cloudy. They hit, you know, just it just didn't feel good. You know, they they even though they had a winning homestand, the, the way they had lost to Texas 
in the final three games and then went out west and realized how good the Dodgers are and couldn't get anything done against the, you know, the Angels. It was just miserable. So I asked Corey, you know, who's going to have to lead them? And his response was, was Correa. Says we got to get something from Carlos Correa. He's a leader. That's why they brought him in. His numbers with runners in scoring position were down. The Twins overall, when you look at that stat, uh, down. And then what happens? Winning cures all. So Boston comes rolling in. They they start. San Francisco rolls in. They win some tight games. Uh, Brad, you mentioned Jake Cave, the resurgent last night. <laughs> certainly Nick Gordon uh, picks a time to go yard with the bases loaded. And all of a sudden you wake up and the sport of baseball. Is, is turns on a dime. If you were, if Derek Hansen was 0 for 31, and had a swinging bunt single, my guess is Derek probably would go 10 for his next 21. You don't know how you get out of it, but they are certainly making their way. And where are they going to be when they play Kansas or Cleveland? That's that's the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. They are certainly within play. So pretty pretty good stuff. How baseball works. Well, yeah. I mean, if they don't, you know, if they can compete with the Yankees who have been struggling, of course, you know the. Nothing like great remedy for the Yankees and facing their fun Twins team that you know they've owned us since going back to 2003. But uh, that is going to be kind of a key thing because those games, especially is it five games in four days or whatever it is against Cleveland? Is is that yeah. right or something like yes, that? Yes, there's a five game series. I want to go Friday, doubleheader Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday afternoon, oh, like mid. September. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is which is going to be here before you know. It, by the way, it's the last day of August. It's Can we remind soon, people that? Yes. I mean, oh my heavens! Well, uh, final cuts for the Vikings. Uh, just uh, note that Kellen Mond claimed by the Browns hmm. after being cut by the Vikings. Interesting. And I'm wondering what uh, what quarterback lands in that three spot for the Vikings. You can't live with two. I think the Cowboys is up D- Dak Prescott as of now, right? Thought I heard that. That is crazy. Well, it's. It's interesting, you know, with the salary cap the way it is and the way that teams have, uh, you know, put all their money into their QB1 jackets, it's, we aren't having, you know, think about the, we, we talked about this the other day. When you had Randall Cunningham, they picked up Jeff George. When they had, uh, you know, Brad Johnson, they picked up Randall Cunningham. You, you had guys that you kind of knew. Yeah, Culpepper, they had Gus Farrar. Right. I mean, you had guys that were kind of household names, guys who had started before, and that's just not the case. And I wonder if it's not just salary cap, just the fact that, these guys have such, uh, you know, everyone's worried, oh, we don't want to shake up the starter by having the fans call for the backup quarterback. Well, I don't care who it is. I mean, I think there's times when Cousins wasn't completing third downs or, well, maybe Mannion or Munn can do something, right? We even heard that. on. And that, I don't think that's going to change no matter who the backup quarterback is. You just need to have a solid one. You really do. And, and uh, even your clipboard guy, you know, think about that. You know, where's Brooks Bollinger? Let's bring back uh, Brooksy, you know, and on that, uh, you know, you need someone, that third one, to Brad's point, you know, someone that can actually step in and navigate some sort of it. But, you know, obviously you got to be strong at one, two. Uh, Cousins seems, you know, Cousins, knock, I'm knocking on all wood for Vikings fans out there. I mean, Cousins is a pretty durable guy. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Nick, Nick Mullins has come in uh, with, the, with the reps he's had. Even though the record doesn't doesn't show it in his past, obviously the guy's a, a tough guy. I mean, the guy played with a with a bone sticking out of his hand in college, for goodness sakes, in a in a big game and told a trainer to tape it. I mean, so obviously Nick Mullins has come in and and showed some things. But now you're right. Uh, you're you're one injury away uh, for most teams. You're one injury away from your unless you're you know the Chicago Bears defense of old. The Baltimore Ravens, you're one injury away to your quarterback to having a really miserable season for most teams. Uh, that is why that, that backup is so big. So we'll see what the Vikings uh, can do. I, I'm looking at their, their two deep right now. Yeah. 
Well, it's too deep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem at quarterback. It's it's too deep. That's as far okay. as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> it's too deep, but not T O O. Don't you think it would be better? I mean, we have the practice squad, but don't you think there should be a – because you know, the thing with the practice squad is that other teams can go raid your practice squad if they put them on the starting roster. I think the NFL needs to do the third quarterback emergency thing again for that. I roster. agree. It's, we are talking about the most important position in sports, and they're monkeying around with this. I think they should have a quarterback exemption for the salary cap for a QB1 exemption. I've always said that because – you're not balancing. I mean, the Chiefs are going to be strapped for a while now with Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and many other teams, including the Packers. I think they got to look at that, and I think that they have to make sure that they have you know three roster spots that are actually going to be conducive to having good. Because if your starter goes down and you don't have good quality, you know, if I'm a TV network going, hey, and this happened a few years ago, you're giving us this Monday Night Football event that we're supposed to have was supposed to feature so you know Drew Brees versus whoever. And now it's Jameis Winston versus who you just can't have that. It's not good. Well, Derek, Derek, to your point, you know, in baseball, and we see this, we've seen this couple of times. It's not like you're bringing in a position player to pitch, right? You know, at the end of a game. I mean, this is football where you're not going to bring in a wideout to take some snaps to Terry and everything. So I, I like what you say and have some incentive, not incentive, but at least some uh, insurance, security, something that doesn't cost because all teams are in that proverbial same boat on this that are trying to add depth. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess you can always jump into the CFL if, if for an emergency guy, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's, well, I just uh, think the 53-man roster plus emergency QB, I think they got to do that. I mean, I just – and I think, you know, as time goes along here and the, and the more games that we have, can't we talk about expanding that 53-man roster to 55 or so, or even, even maybe 60? I mean, is that ridiculous to think? Because not only do they do that, then they have game day cuts too, non-active players. I, mean, I right. think that's ridiculous. And then, and that's part of the reason these guys are playing well into the fourth quarter, even if they're up by 30 points. And what can happen? Freak injuries. We've seen that time and time again. Yep, very true. Uh, we'll have uh, Steve Lockway, MSUM football coach, uh, coach, will join us here in a few minutes. Dragons have a tough test tomorrow night at home, 6 o'clock, as they will face uh, the University of Sioux Falls. Just one other thing I wanted to get to I was looking at the Valley uh, first game schedule. There's three games tomorrow night. North Alabama and Indiana State. Ho-hum. That doesn't do much for me. Western Illinois at UT Martin. UT Martin's a top 25 team. Missouri State at Central Arkansas. Kind of intriguing there. I think Jack would agree on that. 7 o'clock tomorrow. And the game Saturday, you know, you're focused in, locked in on UND at Nebraska. South Dakota State at Iowa is, in, in, is very intriguing. And one within the FCS, Southern Illinois at Incarnate Word. And I think just for the strength of the of the FCS as a whole, you need you're going to need programs, and Incarnate Word might be one of them that has to take that next step up. Your thoughts? San Antonio, Texas, baby. I right. remember when Incarnate Incarnate Word, where you, uh, you a lot of people maybe didn't know you know what Incarnate Word was, where it was. Then they kind of jumped on the map. They came up to Fargo and North Dakota State, knocked them around. Now they've gotten a lot stronger in a short period of time. Uh, so that you, you, you picked a good one, Brad. That's a nice six o'clock start time on uh, on Saturday night out at uh, Benson Stadium in, in San Antonio. We caught a word, by the way, where Jack Michaels uh, uh, in baseball for NDSU homered in the third inning, dropped a ball to lose the game, by the way, in the seventh inning to Incarnate Word. Thank you for bringing up Incarnate Word, one of my horrific collegiate memories from uh, baseball. But yeah, that's a good one. That, that, that is a good one. That, that's a strength. That's an early barometer 
uh, Brad and Derek of the FCS on those two teams. And, you know, North Dakota goes to Carbondale uh, this year, so I'll be obviously taking a peek at Southern Illinois. Very good club. I like that game. I, I love that game a lot. So good stuff. Yeah. Yep. And South Dakota, Kansas State, that's uh, that's another FCS, FBS one that's kind of quietly uh, slid under the radar. Coach Kleiman will get the Coyotes on mm-hmm. uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one too, Jack. Yeah, K-State at home, uh, Snyder Stadium there in, in Manhattan, uh, Kansas. It's, it's, uh, that's good. And, you know, Chris Kleiman's very much aware, obviously, of, of South Dakota. K-State's got uh, – I love what, what Chris has done there. And, and, and for South Dakota, you know – I don't know what the line is on that. My guess is K State maybe comes out, puts a, puts a, a decent charge into into USD. But now we'll see the barometer. We'll see what South Dakota has. And you know, really, what we're talking about a lot of these games, and not that they're weaker, but you hope you walk out of it still healthy. It's oftentimes when you face these games that you don't want to lose anybody. You want to get in there, play hard, and get on that plane, and and have all your pieces when you get back to Vermilion or to you know, Carbondale or to wherever, Grand Forks, Fargo. So we'll see how USD stacks up against K-State. Yeah, it's um, it's fun. I mean, I, I love some of these matchups that we're seeing. It just, uh, it, it's too bad that North Dakota State isn't playing at Arizona this weekend just to get the, the quad frecta, is that what you call it or whatever, just to kind of follow all those FCS versus FBS teams because, you know, that's going to be coming up here in a couple weekends. And, Let's face it, NDSU's got a little bit of a sleeper this weekend. I, I, how would you like to be Drake or what? What do they have next weekend again? Uh, North Carolina A and T. Yeah, I mean that that's got to be a lot of fun for those schools to come up to, you know, knowing what they're going to be facing here at the at the Fargo Dome. That's going to be bonkers. I mean, I, I just name your score in those two games. Well, bells and whistles too. I think NDSU is is. You know, raising the banner or lowering the banner, right? Way gravity pulls that thing out. Lowering so, it to put more yeah. stuff on it and raising it back up—is that the way to put it? <laughs> right, doing whatever you got to do with those banners. I hope they have enough room there for all those banners. But yeah, I don't know who's in, in a tough, who's walking into more of a hornet's nest: uh, Drake into Fargo or UND into into Lincoln. They're, yeah. they're both going to be insane uh, venues coming up this weekend. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jack. Well, we'll take a break here. Steve Lockway on the way here from MSUM. They got to kick off everything tomorrow night. So, hey, here we go. College football underway. Jack Michaels, the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson with you here on 740 The Fan. Twelve twenty-three. Derek Hansen with you. Jack Michaels Show. Jack on the road at Sioux City. Brad Anderson studio. And the head coach of the MSUM Dragon football team, Steve Lockway, with us. Coach, how are you doing this uh, fine Wednesday afternoon, the last day of August? Can you believe it? Can't believe it. I'm doing fabulous. Uh, game day tomorrow. So, it's, you know, sometimes when you look at the schedule at the beginning of the year, you're like, oh, September 1, that's a long way away. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's tomorrow. So here we go. It jumps on you before you know it. Yeah, Jack, you're very familiar with the NSIC all your years covering them. You know, there's no gimmies here, Jack, and you get to open against uh, Sioux Falls at home. <laughs> it's a little tough. Well, yeah, Steve, good to hear your voice, by the way, and uh, wishing you and the Dragons the best of luck. Yeah, Derek and, and Brad, uh, doing years in the NSIC. The problem is I was a handful of years ago, and the NSIC has grown by 75 teams, I think, <laughs> since uh, since then. And Steve, you know, there's no room for non-conference play. The conference is so tough and so vast. You talk about a gauntlet, Coach. And it starts with Sioux Falls. Uh, the Dragons certainly not not worried about opening up against one of the top teams. So talk a little bit about the preparation, Coach, heading into 
into game one because game one is as much as uh, you hope everything goes right obviously there are some things that happen but uh, just your general feeling coach uh, heading into game one well without a doubt and you know we know our conference is full of tough opponents and so whether it's week one or week 10 you know you're going to have to be at the top of your game but week one i think especially you're you're trying to make sure that some of the the, the slap your forehead type plays don't happen, right? Of, hey, let's understand we need to get 11 guys on the field every time, not 12, not 10. You know, just the, those things of, like, let's not have self-inflicted wounds. Let's be sharp on, the, on, on those things, the procedural things that kind of come through the course of a game in the season. And so, um, you know, you're trying to at first, you know, I think in a lot of games, teams don't necessarily win football games. A lot of times games are lost. You know, teams lose football games by making mistakes. And so, the first thing is to, you know what, take care of yourself. That's the, the first team you have to beat is yourself and make sure you can overcome whether that's your, we've talked to the team, whether that's the inner inner thoughts, right, your battle of in-game. We've got some young guys that are going to be starting for the first time of, hey, do you believe you can do this? Do you, do you understand the level that you're going to have to play and the focus you're going to have to have? And you're going to have to overcome kind of that mental barrier. And then there's going to be a physical barrier you've got to overcome. And so it starts inside first, always an inside job. And then it's like, okay, now we got to make sure we can get the opponent taken care of them. So we just kind of tried to stress, take care of our own business first and make sure we got that shirt up, and then we'll move on from there. Young man, Tommy Falk out of Jamestown. Uh, baptism by fire, I guess you want to call it, last year. 20 touchdowns, uh, threw for nearly 2,900 yards. What were the things that you want to see, and I know you worked on in fall camp as he uh, progresses uh, into uh, year two for the Dragons? We're just hoping year two that, you know what, he can build upon last year. We do understand that every season's a new season. It's not like baseball. We didn't hit the bottom of the seventh, and we're coming around to the top of the eighth here. It's, it's a fresh game. It's a fresh season. And so we want to see him build, but really being quicker on everything that he's done, quicker decisions, quicker getting the ball where it needs to be, quicker understanding game situations, that what, quicker understanding what the defense is doing and then what they're giving you. And so those things I think he, he did well last year. Some of it I think was instinct. Some of it you know what, he's a gamer, and he finds a way to, to get things done, and hopefully now he's prepped, kind of like seeing the, the questions to the test before you take the test. He's been there before. He knows the questions are going to happen. Now he's just got to be able to knock out the right answers. Steve Lockway, head coach, MSUM Dragons, joining us today on the Jack Michael Show. You know, Coach, and I was even, even talking to area coaches yourself, Bubba Schweiger, even Matt Enns, hearing him talk about it. And all you guys that lead these programs have had to navigate – through what, what really nobody else has in the history of, of, of the job through the, through the COVID. 2020 was banged uh, because of COVID. And, you know, a guy like yourself that leads a program that deals in structure and routine, well, that was just knocked off the face of the map a couple of seasons ago. The question, I think, Steve, for you is, is are the feet firmly back on? Does it feel back like the players are back into that routine that the COVID, is, as much as it's still certainly around, uh, is something of the past where you knock on wood and let's go. What's that feeling like post that 2020 year being canceled? I think absolutely, uh, you know, it feels like, quote, unquote, back to normal. Um, you know, where there's not the, the secondary things you're worried about each week as far as getting to the test, getting the test in, tracking who's sitting where on the bus, who's eating with who at, at a meal on the road, who's in what hotel rooms and, and those things. So that's kind of nice. But I will say, you know, as much as we are creatures of habit, I think that gave us a chance to step back, at least we did as a program, and we really kind of broke everything down and said, hey, let's, let's wipe the slate clean. We don't have to do things the way they've always been done. 
let's only do them that way if we know why we're doing them we understand and that's the best way and if it's not let's let's undo it and there were some things within our program with how we practiced and um, some of those things that we undid even our even our warm-ups we kind of undid and went through and said I think we're now probably the the team in the country that warms up the shortest amount of time pregame I know sometimes you come to games and hour and 15 minutes there's guys running around out there we're our warm-up is less than 35 minutes we're out there and we just started looking at different things and research of hey if, if most injuries are happening soft tissue injuries after an hour of competition or an hour of practice why would we be out there warming up for an hour that doesn't make any sense to us and so we really started kind of unpacking some of the research and i think so post-covid we've come out smarter i think you know believe it or not looking at us some of us uh, like myself maybe don't have the smartest looking face but we've come out of it smarter i think and so it's been a good thing for us we've used that time wisely how has recruiting you know changed since covid and, you know and i think i've always thought that recruiting the nsic is tough right because you're recruiting a lot against a lot of division three schools maybe kids who are on the fringe of going the fcs or whatever and with that schedule that you have it's such a gauntlet i mean there's not a lot of friday nights unless you're at home you can go to a lot of places and now contact's a little bit different I mean, is that improved quite a bit going into this year do you think yeah, I think, you know what, it helped us take advantage of things that were there that we maybe didn't realize. You know, I think everybody understands what Zoom is now, and it's been around for a long time, but no one no one knew what it was. No one had to use it, and so we had to use it then, and we still kind of use it now in our in our recruiting. So I think that advanced, I think we're, we're lucky here in the sense of we've got great football in the metro area. You know, if you look at our, our roster, we got a lot of guys from the 30 to 50-mile radius around here, and so it does give us a chance to – able to get to games you know we just talked about today in our staff meeting who's going to be getting to what games and and who who are we needing to watch and and see and so i think um you know we're blessed in that sense that we're in a great area of football great population area and and it's a football community defensively i know you've got some guys that have some experience uh, josiah bame one uh i know marcus gully's going to probably have uh, an increased role local product from west fargo uh, Kallenbach from Jamestown on the secondary. You know, these are guys that have played, but you had a bunch of six-year seniors last year. So, I mean, you got guys with experience that you're going to still have, you know, at your disposal for a year or two. Yeah, it was really interesting last year. We had just this, this host of six-year, really unprecedented leadership, like on a team because of having the season wiped out. And so those guys were a strong voice, and they've been a strong voice for probably any longer than any other senior class because their senior year kind of came and went. There was no season and they stuck around and so they they had the platform of leadership for a long time and these guys kind of were groomed under that in this new kind of bunch of leaders I think have done a phenomenal job and they're ready to, to have it now be their team and their platform and their challenge and their adversity that they're going to have to face in game and overcome and, and figure out how they're going to gel together and get through it and so I think that's the every game's an adventure there's a battle you know obviously on the field the X's and O's but there's a battle of the, all the the emotional, the leadership, the motivation, and, and those guys, I think, are primed and ready for that. Steve Blackway, head coach, MSU and Dragons, joining us today on the Jack Michael Show. I'm in Sioux City, Iowa, for Red Hawks baseball. Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson in our flagship studios. Uh, I don't know why, uh, Derek, you, you mentioned the uh, – and then Steve was talking about the Zoom, and all of a sudden, Aretha, who knew Aretha Franklin in the 80s with who's Zoom and who? Go figure, coach. He goes to an 80s music reference. I mean, that's a shocking revelation. I love the 80s. I'm stuck in the 80s on, on all this. Uh, Steve, you, 12th season at the helm of the Dragons. You've been around, certainly, uh, around programs. And I, I, my guess is that, that a lot of teams take on styles of their head coaches. And if that's true, uh, can, can you stereotype – 
at least the style that Sioux Falls uh, plays in. We know your guys are hard. I love your, your response on the efficiency uh, through COVID that you came out with. But uh, is, there a, is there a style that Sioux Falls said, okay, we're playing Sioux Falls. This is what they do. This is what Mankato does. This is what Mary does. This, what, what about that? Most certainly. I think they're, they're a tough, uh, competitive, confident team. You know, I think they have high hopes and high expectations, and their belief is that they're gonna they're gonna win every single game that they play in. And they, you know, they had a great season last year at eight wins, but I think they felt like that wasn't good enough. They could have been better, and I think they expect to be better. And I think, um, you know, that's the type of team that you see that's gonna try and take it to you early, right? And kind of say, you know, they're gonna bully around a little bit and be and try and really see where you're gonna stand and where you're gonna toe the line and where where that fight line's gonna be. How are you feeling? You know, Brad mentioned the defense a part of it, but uh, coming in, you know, offensive leadership, uh, your quarterback, all that. How are you feeling about that part of the uh, that side of the ball? Well, at this point, I think there's uh, butterflies flying in every single direction. So that's uh, whether it's a, a veteran team, a young team, or whatever. Uh, first game of the season, you never know. It just seems like you never know exactly what you're going to get. You think you know, but football is such a weird sport. There's no exhibitions. There's no like kind of tune up game for us it's like we're we're right into the battle and you know what we're gonna you go out there and you see what you can do and what you can you better adjust and adapt real quickly because you know what the game is upon you and the season's upon you so it's uh it's a, it's a stressful time but it's an exciting time i've always said if the butterflies aren't aren't flowing for me then i'm probably uh probably not supposed to be doing this anymore i'm guessing you'll keep the water trays full holy cow i mean you're close to 90 tomorrow it looks like i mean it should be a lot of fun though on campus yeah, that's you know what that's something that's part of the game too. It's right pregame prep of taking care of your body and hydrating and doing those things, the old pickle juice and bananas and all that stuff. And so, um, guys that that need to do that need to do that. And you know, I will play. I would imagine that's going to play a, a factor in the game for one side or the other, or at least for some guys in the game, both sides. Sioux Falls a good year last year, eight and three, just uh, missed the Division Two playoffs. Uh, what do you know about uh, the Cougars? Well, I got a lot of guys back, and I think, um, you know, what high hopes and a lot of expectations on them. You know, I think just like I said last year, they felt like they were close, not there, but should have been there. Um, and, and I think they really feel like they're they're taking off from where they left last season. It's not like a rebuild. It's not a we'll see what it is. It's really like for them, they believe it's a continuation of last season, and, and they need to continue to do what they did last year. And so I think, um, you know, they've, and they've probably earned that right, right? They've been a successful program since joining the NSIC, and they've finished at or near the top for a number of years. And so it's uh, definitely going to be a battle. I think our guys understand that. We, we mentioned it this week. You know, we've never we've never beaten Sioux Falls since they've been in the league. And so, um, you know, we haven't played them every year, but this is our year that we got a chance to play them. And so we need to put our best foot forward and do something that hasn't been done before. Well, it should my be last one. Yeah. Okay, go oh, ahead. my last one for for Steve, Derek, and, and Brad because I, I just pulled up your schedule, Steve, and, and you know, okay, you got uh, it, four, first four games, you know, versus Sioux Falls at Upper Iowa, then you got Augie at home at Madonna State, game time, six o'clock on a Thursday, three on a Saturday, and Fayette, Iowa. By the way, that's a fun bus ride, and Steve could tell you about that. Then it's a noon game at home, then it's a one o'clock game at Winona. So Steve, are you a Thursday at six guy, a Saturday at one guy, a Saturday at noon, a Saturday Saturday at three? My guess is, Steve, you'd play anywhere, anytime, but uh, you, you get the, that's, again, back to the structure and the schedule, getting your guys prepared, right? From a, from a football standpoint, an athlete in a physical 
you know, physiological piece for us and for our team, the noon games are perfect for us. Um, now, I love the 6 p.m. Thursday night atmosphere that we've been able to have over here at Seals Field. That's been phenomenal for all of those games. And so I, I'm excited for that. I love that. I think it sounds like we're going to have a pretty great turnout and there's going to be a lot of energy and electricity. And there's a lot of kind of feel around the same way as kind of when we opened Seals Field with Monona, same type of highly touted team coming to the turf, Thursday night opener. And so um, I think there's a lot of excitement in the fan base and in the community. Very good. Head coach of the MSUM Dragon football team, Steve Lockway, with us again uh, tomorrow night, 6 p.m. at uh, Shields of Field at uh, Nemzik, and it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of a nice way. And I guess, you know, if you have the kids at school and maybe they go home for Labor Day weekend, it's a nice way to kick off the season, too. Absolutely. Yep, should be a good one. All right, good luck to you, Coach. We'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks, appreciate it. You bet. Steve Lockway, head coach of the Dragons. Derek Hansen, Jack Michaels with you on the road. Sioux City, uh, Red Hawks back in action tonight down in Iowa. And Brad Anderson with us here. Jack Michaels showing 740 The Fan. The common man. When the rubber meets the road, when it's gut check time, when it's time to either, you know, put up or shut up and win the game, some guys don't do it. The common man, Dan Cole. Weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Welcome back to the Jack Michaels Show. Jack, down in Sioux City, game two of that three-game series with the Red Hawks at the Explorers tonight, 645. Brad Anderson producing, hanging out with us, and I am Derek Hansen. You know, Jack and Brad, I think about the Sioux Falls. It reminds me a little bit when, uh, what coach was it that said, we're going to let NDSU into the Gateway Football Conference before they change the name, all that. And I, I thought about that when I thought of Sioux Falls, especially when they beat UND and shocked UND a couple years ago at the Allaire Center. You knew that was a football program to be reckoned with, and here they are. Uh, yes, they yeah. were because they were, I believe, NAI for yes. a while, and I guess they were and good in yeah, it. Yeah, NAI power in NAI, and kind of Morningside has kind of taken that role since they uh, they dropped uh, down to that level as well. But yeah, and they've they've fit right in. They were eight and three, but they were basically a couple of bounces away. Just doing a little uh, reading on it this morning that uh, they could have been easily nine and two or ten and one and been in the D two playoffs. I think, Derek, to your question and, and hearing Brad, and you're right, Brad, Morningside has just uh, jumped out and certainly have. I think we get a little naive, you know, from our position when we talk about, you know, unfamiliar. When you're not familiar with something, we tend to gravitate to, well, who are they? And then you become familiar and go, wait a minute, uh, oh, St. Thomas can play at the next level. Oh, Sioux Falls is a, a pretty standard team. And I think that, that that's just probably human nature when you're not – familiar with with a team and his program and then all of a sudden they come up and shock you or or punch you in the face and all of a sudden you're in a game so well, yeah sioux falls sioux falls is solid i you know saint Tom, i wasn't shocked like like the saint thomas reference you know you know they were they were picking off like the gophers in exhibition playing basketball going oh oh they have good players too yeah they they recruit pretty well too yeah that's right so yeah, Steve's got his work cut out for him. That's good. I encourage people to get out there to Nemzik and Shields Field. That's going to be a, a slobber knocker coming up on a on a Thursday night tomorrow. Well, and I think you go back to that not knowing what levels you have. I mean, I think about a game I was at where Valley City shocked MSUM a couple of years ago. You weren't thinking that NAI school was going to do that, but, you know, they did it. And, of course, Chauncey Calhoun kind of did it by himself. <laughs> he probably should have been at a different level of football as athletic as he was. But then – 
you know, going back to when Tony Stallis led the, and we forget that too, that it was him that led the big, you know, Division Two versus FCS, and we thought that the levels that from Division Two to FCS were like astronomically different, right? I mean, we, we, when they made the move, what were we saying? Oh, the car report. How can they? I mean, how are NDSU fans going to handle not being successful for many years? Well. We found out that you know where NDSU was at. They should have probably went FCS football a long time ago, you know, and, and, and so you really don't know what you're dealing with sometimes. And to that point, and I'm sitting here in the lobby of our hotel, and I see our our recent acquisition, Reed Bertingmeyer, down here. Like last night, he's blowing 97, you know, past these Sioux City bats, and uh, you know they haven't seen him. For the Red Hawks, they face Navaldo Rodriguez, even down to an individual Derek and Brad. To that point. You know, when you haven't seen somebody, you know, you, you, you run out, you're just, it's a quick test. It's like, okay, what do we have to do? And that's a, it's a scary proposition. The Red Hawks last night against a guy they haven't seen, a triple A slash big league arm, had a little trouble with that guy. Next time, maybe a little different story on that. But the same thing from team to team. You're right. That's uh, that's the biggest, biggest thing from a team aspect in sport is uh, maybe undervaluing your opponent whether it's just on purpose that's why we taught we used so we came up with cute phrases like trap games you know this is this explains you know the trap game the trap game well that's what it's all about and you know i know for a fact that uh, that in lincoln they certainly aren't they, they can't afford to look past uh, north dakota or anything like that on saturday and there's a number of things like that and and yeah we we just now label it trap games well, and, you know, we hear it all the time in college football. It's interesting. Glenn Mason was on with uh, Dan Barrero yesterday during uh, – and if you haven't heard that, it's something maybe you want to worth podcasting because they had, they had Ch- Ch- Chip Scoggins and Royce into uh, Glenn Mason, which was some of the best radio I've heard in a very long that time. That was gold. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was great. But, uh, y- you know, Jack, I remember this very well because I was working the Twin Cities and actually board hopping the game at the time. And the Gophers – it just defeated Ohio State and actually kind of took it to him in Columbus. You know, it was like the beginning of the end for John Cooper, if you remember that right. And that was 2000. And then, of course, uh, Trestle came in, I think, the next year and brought them all the way to the national championship. And the next week they go and Antoine Randall did – I mean, he, they couldn't stop him. And they lost to Indiana. We are thinking, hey, Rose Bowl, this is the year, right? I mean, it's yeah. Ray Christensen's last year of calling football, all that stuff, right? And all of a sudden – they get upset by Indiana, and that happens all the time in college football. That game that you shouldn't, you know, a good friend of mine, her whole family's uh, Iowa fans. They talk about that game that they just shouldn't lose every year. That keeps them out of one of the big New Year's Six Bowl games every year. And that's, you see it all the time in college football. As you mentioned, the trap game, the game that you're looking over, and it, it really drives you crazy as a fan. Do you do you guys, Brad or Derek, you know, remember the first time in sport, collegiately now, maybe even high school, collegiately or high school, where you were just either your mouth dropped or your eyes open or you wanted to call somebody and confirm and or talk about, like, what what game was that? I, I know that, that in when NDSU, when Scotty was calling the game and, and they picked off Wisconsin, I was living in Bismarck at the time, yeah. six years, and I, I moved and I was in the driveway of my place and, and Scotty and I were calling and talking each other just going that that to me. Obviously, everybody, you might go back to App State. I think you, you might remember when that happened you were like wow so i mean i don't know what comes to mind for you guys like that first game where it was just your your mouth opened and was, that was oh, one I of got, them i got to call somebody yeah. I, I was actually because you know the, the rights were on 
we had him for a while, but uh, Scotty was didn't wasn't working here yet. And I was listening because it wasn't on TV anywhere when they beat Wisconsin. That's right. And, and I was getting an oil change, so I was listening to the competition, obviously. And and so we're kind of sitting around because I knew some of the salespeople at the car dealership. I was getting, and we were sitting around huddled like it was War of the Worlds back in you know just <laughs> that whole thing going on. And so it was a Saturday. It was pretty early in the day too, right? I think, I think like yeah. an eleven a.m. Yeah. or a noon game. Yeah. I think it was an eleven a.m. game. I don't know if they had a hockey game that night, or maybe there was a football game later that day. Or I, no, because it was January, right? There's something goofy. January, like that. early February, yeah. or something like that. And so we're listening to that. And I had my Sunday morning show at the time over on KFGO. And I obviously, and back then, you know, I had Tim Miles' number, so it was no big deal. So I call him. And his response to me, as we're off the air coming out of the commercial break before we get him on, he said to me what uh, then Vice President Joe Biden said to Barack Obama after they signed Obamacare. And I think you all remember that. I can't say it on the air. But uh, this is a pretty uh, big bleeping deal is what he said. And then he was on cold pizza. I mean, he was like doing the circuit that whole week, you know. That's a great reference, Derek. Yeah, that that was fun. That was fun. And and, and now it's funny, isn't it, that uh, we're not maybe as your mouth isn't as a gape anymore. Does that make sense? Like now it's – and I don't know if that has to deal with just the, the spread of talent throughout the various levels from the collegiate aspect – where maybe we're not, you know, we still get shocked. <laughs> you know, there's still that, but but I don't know if it, I don't know, maybe, maybe it, it doesn't so much anymore, if that makes sense. Well, I think uh, I think we're kind of used to FCS beating FBS teams now, which is weird to yeah. think. I mean, that's, I mean, I, UND winning in Nebraska would be a big deal. But well, yeah, I, I think yeah, so. I a, I still think South Dakota State beating Iowa would be a big deal because they, be they, they've won some FCS or some FBS games. They hammered Colorado State last year, but to have kind of the quote unquote signature win like the Bison had against Iowa, or maybe what they did, maybe not so much against the Gophers, but maybe Kansas the, State. Was yeah, K State was. Yeah, I think because they just came off the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I think so. that was like the nine year anniversary. I think today of that, and uh, I mean, I, I think that one would to me, would open some eyes because they really haven't had a, a real huge FBS win. And Iowa would not schedule a Dakota team in Kinnick ever again if that happens because they still are angry about that one, trust me. And you know, It would be just a, here's your check, let's not play the game. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, Cordell Volson, I saw this note, he uh, will be the starting left guard for the Cincinnati Bengals, the former Bison. Yeah. And uh, we were talking, you and I were talking before we went on the show yesterday, uh, Tyler Johnson of the Gophers got let go by Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm trying to think, where, let me look where he landed. I believe with the Titans, but let me double check that. That might be a good spot for him. You know, you got a, Tanny Hill is a pretty good quarterback. I mean, he's not great, but he's good. And and so that might be a nice spot for him that works out. So I, I'm a little surprised, you yep, know. Yep, it was, uh, or actually, he's not the Titans, the Houston Texans. Okay, me. well, Texans. there's plenty of openings there. <laughs> I mean, that, he that might, is a, He might flourish there. Yes, Lovey Smith, man. I, I, Lovey Smith has got to be the caretaker to whenever they get that franchise straightened out, right? I mean, this the Sean Watson thing just blew up in their face, and they are – you want to talk about a team trying to rebuild just the structure of how they function is – what a mess that is. Oh, my heavens. Well, look. It, it, how about this week, boys? We are just meshing so much. Then the oh, NFL yeah. kicks off. It, this is uh, this. Is it. I agree with you, Brad. I, I think I don't know what the front page, uh, uh, you know, the headlines will be on Sunday morning. Uh, but if it's you know Jacks, 
you know, uh, you know, pound Iowa, or if that's the headline, uh, Katie barred the door. If if UND somehow catches lightning in a bottle in front of 90,000 people at Memorial Stadium, that would be a pretty good headline, I think. And you know, Northern Iowa, you mentioned you know, North Dakota hosts Northern Iowa. You talk about the gauntlet. You know, they're at Air Force coming up on on Saturday afternoon, so hmm. taking a pair of that. And Illinois State, I think you mentioned, Brad. I believe they're they are at Camp Randall. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, there there be some headlines Sunday if, if if some of those those games come to fruition, for sure. Well, that'd be a lot of fun. Well, Jack, you got a big one tonight. I guess we just got to say every game is big now, right? <laughs> what, what am I saying? It's just it's we're we're in crunch time. This feels like the playoffs for you right now. If 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 for some reason the good guys fall tonight and and Kansas City wins, now you're looking at a half Oof. game, a half game ahead, and really needing to bounce back on tomorrow to win to go a game up heading into four games in Kansas City. So, I mean, here's the best-case scenario, guys. Best-case scenario is that uh, that Winnipeg wins tonight, the Red Hawks win tonight, so Winnipeg beats Kansas City. And now you're talking about up two-and-a-half, then the Red Hawks come back tomorrow, win the series up three, then going into Friday's game in at Kansas City and maybe get that first one. Now you're up four with three to play. And, and you've won the, the, the division. Now, that's the best-case scenario, and you know how that works when you plan things like that. So just we'll see what happens coming up tonight. I will tell you this, that here in the lobby, you've got coffee. Uh, my dear lady, we've got a bowl of bananas if you guys want that, some oatmeal. I don't know what you guys are having for lunch, but that looks like the plan for Daddy. Really? Oatmeal and bananas? This is a big this is a big revelation for Jack Michaels. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it's not Kit Kats or, you know. <laughs> well, it's hot out. A banana would yeah. be good for you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I know there's a restaurant down the block that rhymes with uh, McMamay. Mm-hmm. Uh, McMillay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that, oh, would be, well. that might be good, too. Get the grilled chicken, though, instead of. <laughs> All right. Very good, Sounds Jack. Good. We'll, we'll catch you again tomorrow. We'll see you tonight at 6.45 in the pregame show. You bet. Uh, Jack Michaels, voice of the Red Ox, here on the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Kansa, Brad Anderson, common man on the way here on 740 The Fan.